welcome to the podcast. My name is Nick. And I'm Carol. And we are The Organized Couple. This is episode four, and we are going to start with some updates from our first episode, I believe, um, before we get into the exciting news and updates that we have for you for this episode. Um, So in our first podcast, we were talking about some of the differences between living in the U.S. versus living in the Brazil, in Brazil, in Brazil, (laughs) Um, and the main thing that we were talking about is the difference in space do you have, and we were talking about how in Brazil and a lot of countries around the world, you need to be a lot more conscious about what you're buying because you simply don't have space to keep things, you know, like if you want to collect stuff, where are you going to put them, and this is a problem that we don't really have in America because we have so much storage and the houses are so much bigger that we can just consume and consume and consume. And, you know, while it is cluttered, it doesn't, it's not as noticeable because you can always just put the stuff to another side, you know, put it in the closet somewhere. In and the attic. In the attic, yeah. You can get a storage unit. Yeah. Um, but this doesn't exist in Brazil. And so yeah. we were talking about how Carol's dad... Um, collects these little model cars um and like every month a new one would be released and he really liked them and he would go get them and they're very small it's just a little model car but we were saying how he had like 15 of them and before you knew it it was all over the house and it's like where do you put it these wasn't, things it, it yeah. wasn't all over the house it was just on the tv <laughs> right you said that again yeah like last time you said that and i was like no don't, don't say that people are gonna think that there's like all clutter and everything but it wasn't it was just on a tv rack but then after they listened to the the first podcast my dad actually said that he didn't have 15 of them. He had actually 30. <laughs> <laughs> so they were all over the house. I no, was right. <laughs> no, they weren't. They weren't. Um, and they didn't have any anywhere to put it because they are moving and everything. So they, the cars were just in a box. Yeah. But, yeah, we want to just tell you guys that the numbers were wrong (laughs) yep we have an update on the data so if you want to hear more about that go back and listen to episode one we cover a lot of different topics like that in full detail but we will move on right now yeah Uh, the other update we had was that um i believe in the same episode we were talking about how carol used to organize her different areas in her home when she was a kid yeah so i used to organize my we were talking about like how our childhood habits were because now we are professional organizers but we're we always like they yeah we're always like really organized yeah. yeah so we were talking about our habits and everything and i was saying that i used to organize my dad's um underwear drawer uh, so all of his socks and underwears and everything was color-coded and everything. So my brother was listening to the podcast, and then he told me that I forgot to mention that I used to organize my mom's pan- pantry, you know. Um, but I don't I don't think I forgot to say that. I think I mentioned that, right? Maybe I he think... didn't hear, or maybe <laughs> we, uh, we didn't go back and listen, so <laughs> we really didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so... Back there and listen and tell and tell us later. Let us know on Instagram or in the comments if yeah, we talked about it or not. But yeah, I usually I used to 
organize my um, when my parents uh, used to go to the grocery store. I used to organize the pantry, and my mom said yesterday she told me that she could never organize the way I did. I used to. And I don't know, somehow I just liked it. Next so. time we go to Brazil, we need to organize our pantry and use the bins. Use the same method we do here, and maybe they'll keep it that way. We just don't have time. Yeah. It's just so, it's just so, I it's know. just so tiring every time we go there. We don't have time to do this thing. I know, but we'll have to make time. It's yeah. just a couple hours. Yeah. For us. For us, it's just a couple hours. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we will get on to the new topics for this episode. Uh, so what we wanted to talk about, which is all over the news, and if you have Netflix, I'm sure you've seen it advertised, but Marie Kondo has a series on Netflix called Tidying Up. And if you're not familiar with who she is, she is a star in the organizing industry. She has several books out um one of which really inspired me to become an organizer several years ago, and that one is called The The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's all about decluttering and discarding and keeping only the things you have that bring joy. Um, If you have Netflix, definitely check it out. It is creating a movement. (laughs) People are really moved by this, and uh, a little bit about what the so her method is called the Khan Mahdi method uh it's just a wordplay on her name and so her method which we use a lot in our work is first thing you do is you divide all of the stuff in your house into categories usually starting with clothes usually no you have to yeah yeah you have to start with clothes um because it's like the biggest category and then you move on to books and then miscellaneous and then the emotionally charged items and keepsakes and stuff like that But the process is that when you start with the clothes, for example, you put all the clothes in one area so you can see everything that you have. And this is really powerful because you finally can see everything in one place. And a lot of people have clothes all over the house in different closets and coat closet and this and that and storage for winter versus summer clothes and all this stuff. And people just don't really know how much they actually have. Um, So the the point is to get it all in one area, like on a bed or on the floor, in one room, so you can see everything. And then you go through and you pick up each item and really think about when's the last time you used it? Does it fit anymore? Did you ever really enjoy it? Is it something you just liked in the store, but it never really translated into liking wearing it? Um, You know, why are you keeping these things? Were they a gift and you just feel bad about getting rid of it? And the whole idea is to ask yourself about when you're holding each item, ask, does this bring me joy? Is this something I see myself wearing? Is this something I see myself using? If not, just get rid of it. It's that easy. You know, if it's worth money, you could try to sell it. uh, Or you can always just donate it because there's always someone else who is willing to wear that and who needs it. But regardless, and we tell our clients this all the time, no matter how much you spent, the money's not coming back. Um, you're not losing memories from the item. If it's something that you used to really like wearing, but you don't like it anymore, you don't lose the memories that you had wearing it. But if you're not using it anymore, it's just taking up space. And so it just really doesn't make sense to hang on to everything. Um, <laughs> our so, kid is meowing <laughs> again. <laughs> behind the they can't handle whenever we're away from them. We close the door. We have a open door policy in our house because the cats <laughs> freak out if any door is closed. I'm going to let them in, okay? Okay, go ahead. Um, 
Yeah, so that's the commodity method in a nutshell. You go through each category, starting with clothes and then books and then miscellaneous and then the emotional stuff until you go through the whole house and you discard. Um, so people are really, really surprised about this and, you know, they just never thought about it before. And we were reading a report yesterday um, by CNN that they said thrift stores nationwide are reporting a surge in donations. People are going crazy for this. And if you go on Instagram and Twitter, you will see a lot of people posting pictures of garbage bags full of stuff that they're donating. And it's really cool because we, you know, work with clients all the time and try to tell them, you know, this is how you should be doing things and these are the reasons why. And they do it, but then they don't really... I don't know that other people really find out about it, whether they're embarrassed to talk about it or, you know, they're just not sharing it with people, but it doesn't create quite the ripple effect that the show has had. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know how to explain why um, people don't like to talk about that when is their personal experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, by the way, I need to stop saying you know what I mean because my cousin said that I listen to all the podcasts and he said that I say too much you know what I mean. So I will have to stop myself from doing that. But I know anyway. What you mean. <laughs> but anyway, so I think like when you were talking about your own experience, it can be some embarrassing, which it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't be embarrassing Because you were doing all. something really good for yourself yeah. and for your family, you know. So it shouldn't. But um, we are always afraid that what what that person is going to think about us. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we are super disorganized or like, why do you need someone to help you? Like, can you take control of your own home, you know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people are embarrassed or ashamed to hire an organizer, like their their home was just too too messy to handle it themselves, but that's just not true. It's, you know, a lot of people simply just don't have the time uh, to commit to doing it themselves, and they would prefer a consultant come in and help guide the project, and I think that's great because, like you said, they're doing something really positive for themselves or for their family. Uh, but the, the show has created a social aspect to it yes. because people are seeing it and they're really excited about it and everybody's talking about it like I went to get my hair cut the other day and um, this was just a few days after New Year's Day and that's the day that the show came out it was on January 1st um, it was around the 4th or 5th that I went to get my hair cut and as I was getting my hair cut a few seats down from me people were talking about the show mm-hmm. and they were talking about you know all the items that don't bring them joy or that do bring them joy and our friends, you know, that we talk about organizing all the time and then they were saying how they watched the the series and they were really impressed with, first of all, how much stuff are in American homes. <laughs> yeah. And second of all, just the whole process. Um, but it's really cool, really, really interesting. Uh, she is definitely uh, an inspiration, Marie Kondo. And yeah, if you get a chance look up that show on Netflix. It's called Tidying Up. Um, So, let's see. What else did we have on here? Oh. We wanted to talk about, since we're talking about the show and discarding items and going through the stuff you don't need, we started doing some research about 
uh, American consumerism. And the numbers are pretty... Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. So let me tell you guys how I was... So I was reading one of the articles and Nick was cooking and I was in the living room, right? And then I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like completely shocked with the numbers. And then I told him, did you know that an American home, an average American home holds (laughs) 300,000 items? I didn't believe her. I thought and then it was, he was fake. like, that was not possible. And I'm like, well, I'm telling you, LA Times, right? LA yeah, Times. Yeah, LA Times, yeah. Yes. And I'm like, well, I'm telling you, this is it. He's like, no, do you have any idea of how much things, like how much items are like 300,000 items? I was like, I know. We see this all the time. And we see a lot of items in a lot of homes that we go organize. So I have an idea. But he was shocked. He was like, no, it's not possible. It's not possible. But we start talking and seeing everything that we have. And we don't have that much. And I was like, easily, you can have 300,000 items. So Yeah, and we've done multiple projects where we had to rent dumpsters, dumpsters. to discard. And these are not situations where it's like, oh, this, this is a hoarding situation. No, this is very common. A lot of our clients, um, average American homes, have these many items. And it's not what you would see on, like, the hoarding TV show where there's stuff stacked to the ceiling and you can't walk through the room. No, yeah. it's not like that. Mm-hmm. And and we fill dumpsters multiple times. And that's just to declutter. That's not getting rid of everything and they're moving. No. This is just to get it to a manageable place. Mm-hmm. And when you think about what is an item... Every single thing is an item. Yeah. So each shoe is an item. Each glove is an item. Each pencil is an item. But these are all items that are floating around our house. It's not like because you have a thousand colored pencils, you only have, you know, just a few colored pencils. No, they're all over the house. They end up everywhere. Anybody with kids knows that that stuff is just in every room, every corner. It's all over the place. So they really start to add up. Yeah. But if you think about it, like... When we are organizing, um, like we were organizing a teenager's room like the other week and everything, I won't give much details, you know, but like three, three full trash bags full of just, just trash, just trash. Yeah, was trash. Nothing. Trash. Things that were on the floor, like just, she wasn't using, she didn't need, like just trash, package of stuff, like. Like old, old, dirty, you know, like just trash. So can you imagine in a bedroom, in a really small bedroom, Yeah. three garbage bags full of trash and the cat is meowing again. <laughs> we <laughs> let him in and then we let him out and now he wants in again. Just leave the door open a little bit for him. <laughs> My gosh. Okay. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is just to point out that every American home has some extra items. You don't need to have 300,000 items in your home to benefit from discarding and going through the stuff using the Kamadi method. Um, this is just the average number of homes, but it's really about having the right amount of items for you and what makes you feel comfortable. Uh, so we, we have some other stats that we'll go over here and we'll talk about and 
discuss what we've seen because we do this all the time in our mm-hmm. profession. So mm-hmm. we, we can really back these up and share our experiences. Uh, so the, the next point here, and by the way, we'll put all the links to these stats in the show notes so you guys can check them out. We didn't make these stats. We found these online and from other journalists and so forth and uh, studies. So we'll provide all that. But one out of every 10 Americans rents off-site storage, which is the fastest growing segment of the commercial real estate industry over the past four decades. This was by the New York Times Magazine, and we can tell you, just on the main street that we live off of in Raleigh, um, there's probably about a two-mile stretch coming to our house where there's, I think, eight or ten mm-hmm. storage rental facilities. Easily. It is unbelievable, and they're building new ones constantly. Every time I see a new lot being, um, you know, readied to, there's a construction to build construction or something, yeah. It ends up being a storage unit facility. It's just yeah. unbelievable. And people aren't renting them for like, oh, I'm moving and I need something or, you know, I'm going to be Is away it te- for a like while. Is it like temporary? Yeah, it's not thing. temporary. It's no. permanent. Yes. And these things cost hundreds of dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And all for what? So you can put some stuff in there that you don't want because if you really wanted it, it would be in your house. Mm-hmm. You know? Or need it. Yeah, or need yes. it. Yeah, it is purely a want. Yeah, if you yeah. need it. Or use it frequently, it's in your house. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not saying there aren't situations in which a rental unit is beneficial. Mm-hmm. If you have a large item, you know, you're going to be traveling, You, it's really a temporary situation. But most people put a larger value on their items than what they really are because they have uh, some sort of emotional connection to them. And they end up putting things in storage, which just having something in a storage unit for one year at $200 a month is $2,400. So let's say you put a few pieces of furniture in there, right? Um, Maybe until you're getting ready to move or something, or you're not sure you got some new furniture and then you don't want to get rid of the old ones. Well, in that amount of time, you could have bought the whole new furniture set, you know? And chances are you're never going to take that out of the unit and use it. When you finally do decide to empty that unit, you're probably going to be giving the stuff away or trying to sell it um, we've organized, people have called us mm-hmm. and paid us to organize their storage unit because there was so much stuff there that it wasn't manageable. They couldn't even enter the storage unit. And a lot of the stuff they ended up getting rid of and they spent a ton of money. They, they paid movers to move the stuff in. So that's, and that's, then, the, that's you know? the interesting part. They pay movers to move this stuff in. Uh-huh. They pay us, the organizers, to organize this stuff there. And they pay the monthly rent. They pay the monthly rent, and then they pay movers to move it back if they are ever moving back. You know what I mean? To move this stuff back. Um, like, the one, the one of the clients that we organized, she was moving to another state. And everything that she had, she she was keeping gym equipment in the storage unit, right? Yeah, she had a huge gym setup thing in there that it cost, they paid $5,000 for. Yes, and then she couldn't sell. She couldn't take out of there without paying somebody to help her. Oh, yeah, because that thing was ridiculous. So she had a huge problem, and she was paying for that problem, you know? She would have been better off to just throw the thing away and just call somebody, put it on Craigslist for free to come get it because it was a piece of uh, workout equipment like one of those home gym all-in-one systems. Um, 
that most people don't have room for, and the only people willing to buy it were actually gyms, but they don't want to buy used equipment. They want to buy it new, and so she was explaining how difficult it was to sell. She spent so much money getting a bigger unit yeah. just to have, because she, she had a good reason for having a unit, because they were moving the stuff out of their house and then moving, yeah. but that item that they needed a much larger unit for, um, she had no chance of selling, and she was just putting off the inevitable uh, and she paid dearly for it because she's probably, she probably spent like another 2000 for a year just to have that one item in there. So instead of eating the 5000 that the item cost, she ended up eating 7000 because she paid an additional 2000 just to store it. And I, I did this math a while ago. That's how I have that number. Cause I really want to know, um, how much she was paying to store this one item, uh, this workout set. And so it's just really unbelievable. And this is common. You know, one out of ten Americans rent an off-site, store, off-site storage unit. And that doesn't mean they have it permanently, but at some point. Yeah. Uh, and the the lengths of the contracts that these people have them for are just getting longer and longer. So, uh, let's see. What's the next one? Oh, this is huge. Oh, this is, this is huge. And we've been organizing a lot of playrooms. Yeah, so toys is toys. what we're talking about. Um, yeah, we do a lot of toy rooms, uh, playrooms, I should say, for kids. And so this one says 3.1% of the world's children live in America, but they own 40% of the toys consumed globally. And this was a study done by UCLA. Um we can tell you this is most likely true. Uh, we do a lot of playrooms, and the the size of these rooms are bigger than most you know people's bedrooms. It's like it's like another living room size area. Like most people, you know, we used to use the den area if you want to call it for like a more formal play um, living room or something like that. But over time, it has become the playroom, and these things are just full full of toys. And most of it doesn't actually get used. Most of these toys are just, you know, they get them, they play with them for a little bit, and then they're kind of forgotten about. I think one of the other topics was they said that, like, uh, on average, kids own 238 toys, but they only um, play with, like, 12 daily. (laughs) And this is so true. If I think back to my childhood, like, I had a ton of toys. I was this kid. I had so much stuff. But, you know, every, every once in a while I would pull the other things out to play with them. But really you have your go-tos and your things you enjoy. And nowadays it's video games. You know, people spend all their time on... on Most of their time. Yeah. But the thing is, like, do you really need over 200 toys? No. but You know? Yeah. And, and each year at Christmas, I'm sure kids get easily 30 or 40 toys. It's a yes. lot. Yes. Easily. Yes. Yes, because I understand, like, yeah, you when, when you see a new toy, you want to play with it, and then you you should have more variety and everything, but, like, calm down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> calm yeah. down. Like, on, over 200, you know? Yeah, it's it's a lot. The cat um, wants out now. Yep. Go, buddy. See you, buddy. Yeah, so it, it's, it's a lot of toys, and, you know, there's something can be done about this. And it goes back to also... Not just, you know, not depriving yourself and saying, no, you can't have any toys. You're only allowed to have 12 because on average you're only going to use 12. No, No, that's not what we're saying. But how about 
getting rid of the toys you're not using, making the kids go through it like every six months and discarding and donating the toys to... Or buying used toys. Yeah, buy used buy toys. Buy used toys because I don't think we have this data there, but they, the toys, they have like an age range, right? Like from zero to three, three to six, and you know? So if your kid's in that age... Just buy a new toy. I know it's cheap buy and everything. Used, toys, yeah. used, yeah. Sorry, don't buy new. Buy used. <laughs> yeah, but just buy used toy because the environment needs us doing this. You know, recycling and using more of the. Th you know, because we are always buying new toys for kids because oh, it's just cheap. Yes, but they're gonna use it for like three or four years, tops. You know, and then what do you do with it? You know, it, yes, you are going to donate, but then there are so many of them out there, so many of them. So just be a little more cautious about the environment, buy used toys, pay less, save your money, you know, make, maybe invest this little money, the money that you were saving, help the kids with college, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, especially younger kids, because it doesn't matter as much to them. It doesn't matter. You know, like... They, they go to preschool and they play. They all share the same toys. They don't care. It's the greatest toy in the world. Exactly. You know? exactly. Or a friend's care. house. Yeah, or a friend's house. And they don't care that, you know, they didn't open the box. Yes. And most kids probably feel that way too, you know? So, anyway. Okay, next next uh, stat here we have. But if the problem is opening a box, put the used <laughs> toy in the box. Wrap it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I don't think anybody cares if they open it or not. Um <laughs> Okay, nearly half of American households don't save any money. This is from Business Insider. Totally, totally realistic. Um, I was just reading the other day because of the government shutdown that a lot of people, they were interviewing, you know, all different news agencies were interviewing people that are affected by this. And they were saying how, oh, I don't have any money. Um, you know, we only have an emergency fund for like one month. And now I can't get into everyone's personal situation, obviously, but... Um, and we should be judging as no, well, but it's just... No, I'm not. I'm just saying it's amazing that they only have one month yeah. of savings. We've been there. Yeah, but and we've been in that situation, we've too. We've been in the situation, but... But we don't buy anything. We really were really cautious about what we bought and to get out of debt and have savings. And I'm not saying like, oh, well, if you don't have savings because you buy too much. No, no, that's not it. No. But we know from working that a lot of people, they just buy too much. They just buy too much. And so, you know, like the point of uh, why I was talking about the shutdown is because at any time you can find yourself in the situation that you suddenly don't have a paycheck. Whether you're working for the government or you're working for a private sector company, it doesn't matter. Or if you're an entrepreneur, we think about that all the time. Like, we're entrepreneurs and we work together. What happens if one of us gets sick and we can't work for a few months? We need to have these funds available to take care of ourselves, you know, in the event. You know, maybe Carol gets pregnant. Well, you know, there's going to be at least six or seven months that we can't work. Um, you know, between once you reach a certain point and then after the baby is born for a few months. So it, it's really challenging. And by simply buying less, you can save money. It's not going to solve all your problems, but, you know, we paid off all of our consumer debt uh, last year. 
and it was over twenty thousand dollars and this was accumulated over many years a lot of it by me before we even met um that you know just living above our means going out to eat all the time buying stuff you know going on trips going to concerts and events that we couldn't really afford yeah and not not really understanding how much you make and the percentage of money that you should give to each part like this percentage goes to entertain this this percentage goes to eating out this percentage goes to you know a lot of people don't do that so i think when we started understanding okay how much we make how much can we um spend with traveling you know so then we start making better decisions about everything you know like okay if we are going if we make this much and we like to eat out to to eat out uh let's then set up a few days of in a week that we are gonna go out and go to a better restaurant not just because we don't want to cook you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah so then we start doing this like okay we'll have this this much money this percentage of our money is gonna go towards the trip that we want to take in the middle of the year or when we go to brazil or you know so when we start doing this we started saving a lot of money and that's what that's what happens a lot of people don't do this and the thing is um when you go to target let's say <laughs> target is like an amazing place right you pay for the experience <laughs> you have everything that you need there you have groceries you have decoration you have books you have all kinds of stuff there right but then um and i i think like it's, it's funny like a lot of people they share memes like I went to Target and actually just bought what I needed, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's funny because you usually don't do this, but yeah, you usually buy extra items and that's their yes. goal. They want you to do that. But. Yeah. But we need, we need to really ask ourselves, like, is this really worth how much time I worked to pay for it? You yeah. Know? If you think about how much an item costs and then divide that by the time that it takes you to earn that money, yes. you will think twice about a lot of items we buy. Like and just, that's what we do. And you yeah. ask me, you ask me, is it worth, like, I don't know, a dress or whatever, which never happens to me because I, I never want to buy anything, especially, like, expensive clothes or anything. But he always asks me, like, is it worth the time that you worked to pay for it, you know? Yeah. So, and then I keep thinking myself, to myself with myself like no it actually i wouldn't work that hard to buy this yeah because it's easy to say oh well it's only 45 minutes but no ask yourself what you were envision what you spent 45 minutes doing yeah. a part of your job that you don't like because even if we love what we do yes. but there's parts that are very difficult it's very physically demanding tiring, tiring. Yes. and then when you say to yourself what i sit there and you know go through all these dirty items and carry boxes up and down the stairs and Mm -hmm. fill a dumpster full of stuff would i spend an hour carrying boxes up and down the stairs just so that i could go to target and buy this thing that Mm -hmm. i just saw that i wasn't even there looking for exactly no i wouldn't if someone said to me hey come do this and then what i'll do is i'll give you this thing from target (laughs) you know i would never agree to that but that's not what you have in mind when you get the job and then you go and you make the money but then what do you do with the money yep you know, mm-hmm. so there's a process and 
we need to just be more aware of this. And so it was just, it was very interesting when I saw how many people suddenly were totally out of money and they had no backup plan. And, you know, and we see this not just with, with the government shutdown, but we, we belong to financial independence groups on Facebook and stuff. Uh, and people are always talking about this and how can you get out of that situation and, it's something that's really important, and consumerism is a huge, huge part of our, you know, personal wealth, so or lack thereof. So yeah, you guys should check that out. Financial independence. Um, okay, the next point: uh, the average American woman owns thirty outfits, one for every day of the month. In 1930, that figure was nine. This was an article by Forbes. Um, this is so true. <laughs> we we do closets a lot, and it's not we just women. Yeah, we organize yeah. closets a lot. It's not just women; it's men too. Mm-hmm. Uh, men are just as guilty. But yeah, a lot of people have literally like fifty or sixty T-shirts. You know, we Easily. do this. We do this all the time, and we're telling people like, okay, now that you've seen how many do you have, you have, you know, what do you think? And they're shocked when they find out they could go literally three months without doing laundry you know they might have to wash like their socks and underwear but the the tops and bottoms a lot of people could go several months without ever having to do laundry you can't possibly enjoy all of these clothes you know um and most likely you don't most of it is stuff that they never wear that we literally when we're organizing closets we see dust on on the hanger and like on the tops like the shoulders of the garments and stuff <laughs> dust you know because they haven't been worn in so long they're they're collecting dust I feel oh, bad man. for the clothes yeah they want to be worn yeah <laughs> give it to someone else donate it get rid of these things you know why um and there's a lot of reasons why someone can say they should keep it but you know we're here to give you the reasons why you shouldn't and that it's just taking up too much space um, the money's not coming back. It doesn't give you joy. Yeah. yeah. But more important than um, giving away is, is stop buying. Yeah, stop buying. Stop buying. It's that simple. Once you have an organized closet, we were talking about um, capsule wardrobe being one of the, maybe the second or third podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't remember. You guys need to go back there and listen. Yeah, second or third episode. Yeah, episode, yeah. So... We were talking about the the capsule wardrobe, and once you see everything that you like, it's gonna be you are gonna have a lot less clothes, right? Because that's the idea. It's like you have the clothes that they all match each other, you know, and you can uh, easily find an outfit and you know whatever, like not use this pants with the because it won't match and then you know so you won't have this problem so you're gonna have a lot less right and once you have a capsule wardrobe you start seeing a pattern of what you like the most right so let's say that you have t-shirt like both not button-ups t-shirts and you are always picking them and choosing them to wear it's because you probably feel comfortable wearing them you probably feel good. You like when you see yourself in the mirror, you know? Yeah. Like, so I have a capsule wardrobe and I have pretty much all button up shirts and then I have a few different pairs of pants. All my shirts match all my pants. So 
as long as I have a clean top and a clean bottom, I have an outfit that goes together very well that I really like, that are very comfortable to wear, and I can wear them anywhere. I can wear them at work, I can wear them at home, out with our friends, whatever we're doing, it's very comfortable, casual, looks good, feels good, and they're very affordable because I found a specific brand that I really like, um, and it's Uniqlo, and that's where I get all my clothes, and it's a capsule wardrobe. It's, it's very easy. I, I don't take any time to get dressed in the morning. I just, whatever's clean, that's what I'm wearing, and it looks good. It's not like I'm just throwing on a, a really wrinkled t-shirt and whatever happened to be in the back of the drawer because I haven't done laundry in a month, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah uh, it's really important that we stop buying just because um there is if if i have some brazilians here listening to the podcast i want to talk about anna and she has an instagram called moda Penu show and she talks about that like you don't need to buy new clothes for new year's eve you know just because one day someone told you that you need new clothes for the new year you know, or you don't need to buy new clothes for Christmas, or you don't need to buy new clothes because it's your birthday. You know, just wear what you have. If you do have things that you love, you're gonna want to wear them. So then just do it. Let's stop buying just because, just because, I don't know, we learned or someone said so. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. Okay, let's see uh, the next topic here. Over the course of our lifetime, we will spend a total of 3,680 hours, or that's equivalent to 153 days, searching for misplaced items. <laughs> and we are guilty of that when we are looking for glasses wipes. Oh my gosh, we have at least like, you know, the thing you wipe, you clean your glasses with. We have like 10 of these things, but we can never we find them. We can never find them because they are either in my purse or in our clothes, like in our, in our pockets. pockets. <laughs> yeah, that we are wearing. So we spend this time just looking for glasses at least, wipes. At least one full day a year, I would say. <laughs> just looking for glasses wipes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this was by the Daily Mail. Um, yeah, phones, keys, sunglasses, and paperwork, they say top the list. And it's so true because when you're not organized and when you have too much stuff, it's just it's just too easy. I mean, look, there's products that you can buy. One of them is called Tile. They're little GPS that you can put on things to find them. You should not need a GPS to find something in your own home. Can you imagine you put the thing in each item you own? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Can I get ten can I get three hundred thousand tile uh-huh. please? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, and and it's not I'm not saying that there's not a situation where someone, you know, can can use that without having a cluttered home. Of course not. You know, some people just are naturally, you know, just forgetful, you just don't have a routine, you know, but that's the thing, like creating a routine and managing the clutter and how many items you have in your house is not going to solve all of your problems but it will solve most of them uh and that's the important thing it's not about being perfect it's about you know achieving the lifestyle that really works for you and just spending less time with these things being more efficient um the less time you spend looking for stuff the more time you can spend with your family doing other things and you might not think about it like oh well 
how's it going to matter that I spent three minutes looking for my keys? <sighs> it adds up, and it creates stress. That's the problem. Yes. Especially when you're running late and you need to get out of the house, and then suddenly you can't find something. It can mess up your whole day, you know? So just little ways of, you know, having a better day and being happier. Um, I think we, we, we were starting, we started talking about the comedy and everything, and we told people to watch. You know? Yeah. So I think in the next episode, we should talk about more, um, more about the method that she created and... Yeah, the differences between, like, the Kamadi method and then a full-service organization like what we provide. Yeah. Um, we provide both. Yeah, we it's do both. to say. Yes. We do both. We do more of the full-service, but I have a feeling that with the new show, a lot of people will be wanting to do her method as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. And there's a lot of things you can do at home, and that's the best thing about uh, organizing is that you can do it. Um, but everybody, there's a lot of different reasons why you would need a consultant to come in and help you, whether you have a disability or not. Um, so yeah, we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Ciao. Ciao.